0: We'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for May twentieth, two 2012. Continuing on, this article is from Doug Hageman, The re Election of Obama Revolutionary Style. Now, I'm not going over the whole article. If you want to read the whole article, I'll give you the link for that because it gives you the actual source of where he's getting this from. And uh, I wouldn't even be going into this unless I hadn't seen this confirmed on so many other different levels, on so many other different alternative News outlets. So this just kind of confirms so much of what we've been reporting on in the past year, and it goes on to say it began on Wednesday, May 2nd, 2012, obviously not too long ago, with a 45-minute interview on True News with Rick Wiles when I first disclosed the information I received from the previous week from my source. The information I relayed went viral, as they say, across the Internet. To support the statements I made during the interview, I am showing my handwritten notes taken contemporaneously during our conversation. My notes consist of two pages and are, at various points, admittedly difficult to decipher. I ask that points not be deducted for my penmanship, given the time of the morning in which they were taken. So, again, more on the specifics on that can be seen if you actually click on the link for this. I just want to hit the high points of this so you get the gist of what he's saying. According to my source, there is a talk among the highest levels of the uppermost echelon of the Department of Homeland Security, which he describes as effectively under the control of Barack Hussein Obama. During this call, he said that the DHS is actively preparing for massive social unrest inside the United States. Inside. United States, the Department of Homeland Security. He then corrected himself, st- stating that the civil war is the more appropriate term. Certain elements of the government are not only expecting and preparing for it, they're actually facilitating it, stated my source, like agent provocateurs. They're, they're actually putting uh, different people in law enforcement to foment this civil war, this violence. The DHS takes their marching orders from the Obama administration, not just from Obama himself, but mostly from his unappointed czars, especially Valerie Jarrett. Don't think for a minute that the administration is doing anything to stabilize events in the United States. They are revolutionaries, and revolutionaries thrive on chaos, he added. My source stated that he has not seen things this bad since he began working with the DHS. Quote, it's like they, the DHS heads, don't care about what the American people see or feel about what the DHS agencies are doing. They figure that if the average American will put up with being sexually groped and nuked through the TSA body scans and through their, their scanners, their TS their terahertz body scanners that literally rip your DNA apart, okay? they figure if they'll put up with being sexually groped and nuked just to fly, then they'll accept almost anything. This is why I... Freaked out so much when those things appeared in the airports. Cause I'm like, if people don't bow up now and, and, and just go along, I mean, you're paying to get on a plane where you're being pornographically photographed, sexually groped and nuked, you and your family sexually assaulted, you're having your DNA tore apart. You're, you're paying for that. If people didn't bow up to that, then it was just the giving them the green light to go further. You have to resist tyranny, or tyranny will keep incrementally increasing. The new world order views that, and, the, and they and they look at the fact that people have put up with that. Now they're ready to go to their next phase, which is TSA on the streets, checkpoints. It's it's what it's what we've given them the green light to do, essentially. I'm not. Blaming my listeners, I'm just saying, Americans in general. So, then he goes on to say, that's why their actions are becoming more overt. It's in your face, and the brass actually chuckle about it. They think it's hilarious that you'll actually put up with that at an airport. They think it's absolutely hilarious. Astounded by the information my source provided, quote, going viral, I spoke to him again early Sunday morning. This was a scheduled telephone call, as noted on page 2 of my notes. Based on a high-level meeting of DHS personnel that was scheduled for and took place in Chantilly, Virginia, on Saturday, May 5, 2012, we hoped to, he hoped to provide me with more information to supplement that which he had already given. Although he was not personally present, his source was, while he would not say who was at the meeting on Saturday or give its precise location. He said that many of the names would be recognizable. He spoke to his source late Saturday night. I, con- I contacted him on his cell phone early Sunday morning to get the promised update. And the guy said, quote, geez, nice job on getting the word out about what's really going on at DHS. And in this administration, were the first words out of his mouth, followed by, thanks a lot. I asked him why he would be thanking me. He said, quote, I just want to tell you that I'm going to have to hire someone to start. Hi, just, I'm going to have to hire someone to start my car, and I'm surely not going to go on any rides in small planes in the immediate future. Meaning they're going to try to probably kill the guy because they're probably going to figure out who the leak is. He said that with a bit of nervous lap, laughter, and then he said, "quote I hope no one finds out who I am, or it's going to be more than my pension I'll have to worry about." End of quote. Then he goes on to say, "I can tell you, word is getting out that people are starting to wake up, which is causing a lot of um, blanked-off brass." I, I didn't put the cuss word in there, but that's—I don't even know what it was. If I just put asterisks there. Anyway, he says, "I can tell if they are more desperate. I can't tell if they are more desperate or upset about the exposure, but the tone is starting to become a lot more tense." I hope that we're having something to do with that, he added. With that, he provided me with additional information to supplement that which he had already given me on April 25th. For clarity purposes, I have combined the information together from both contacts. The following information includes the updated information provided to me Sunday morning. Metaphorically speaking, there's a revolution going on in the United States, propped up by three legs, economic chaos Chaos through racial division and chaos through class division, all joined by one core element, Barack Hussein Obama, and his stable of unelected czars. Obama is using the lessons learned in 1968 as a template for 2012, and many of those who were active in the late 60s are now calling the shots for 2012, like the radicals from the the late 1960s, The Obama administration and many of the unelected czars, either directly or indirectly, are engaged in covert activities with the Occupy movement, various labor protests, and other subversive activities inside the United States, stated my source. Using untracked campaign funds, they are paying people to infiltrate the various movements to cause physical destruction of property and disrupt commerce. And again, when I saw this stuff, like if you go check Dredge Report, all this stupid stuff you're seeing from some of the protesters there, it just screams this. It screams people being paid to actually go do this so that they have the excuse to say, see, we need martial law. That type of thing. Uh, Then he goes on to say, that began last year, but has increased tenfold already this year, stated the source. He added that they are using some lower-level DHS agents to make the payments under the context of tracking subversives, but they are unwitting subversives. It's like Fast and Furious, but it's in the social realm, he added. Obama is using some high-profile people as pawns to foment the revolution. I heard several times through the very credible sources that Louis Farrakhan is on the CIA payroll, that the Muslim Louis Farrakhan yeah, the Muslim leader guy? Yeah. other Others have been named as well, but I'm not prepared to identify them yet. Farrakhan is to coordinate the blacks and the Muslims to prepare for riots this summer using any means necessary. End of quote. Okay, I'm a watchman. That's all I ever claim to be. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a bishop. I'm not a deacon. I'm not none of that. I'm just a watchman. I'm just here putting this out. So hopefully you take it to the Lord in prayer and my advice is to pray against this wickedness as well. Again, that's why I said, see Psalm 64, just picking in Psalm or in precatory or in prayer, in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com because I think that that is a, um, I listened to the actual original article, um, uh, or the actual original sermon where I actually first heard that concept last night. And, uh, Uh, again, and it really just struck home how important that is, and how few Christians actually do that. And it's part of the Bible, and it's a big part of the Bible, that is hardly ever discussed, or hardly ever um, looked at. And taken in the proper context, and looked at from a a, a biblical context, it's, it's it's just a very, very important thing. And Just something I want to throw out there again. Anyway, let's go further here. Um, So Farrakhan is to coordinate the blacks and the Muslims to prepare for riots this summer, using any means. So again, these are like, it's like handwriting on the wall. You start to see, like I said, you start to see Greece go down, the euro, which is, you know, they're trying to prop this thing up any way they can. But eventually it's going to go. Probably got about two weeks in the dollar. You start to see these riots being fomented, Stupid stuff for no reason start to happen with with black versus white that type of thing, Hispanic versus whoever. There's another handwriting on the wall. Any kind of false flag event obviously would put us there a lot quicker. Whether it's a false flag nuke, dirty suitcase nuke, the dirty bomb they call them, uh, some kind of release of some type of biological agent. You know, then you're not going to have. Near as much time to react because they're probably going to try to clamp down a lot quicker. So, the thing you have to really uh, start thinking about is: Do are you in a spot right now that you want to be when all this stuff starts to go down? Now, I'm not saying God can't protect you. I'm not saying God can't protect you exactly right where you are, but obviously, being in a city from just a practical standpoint, is going to not be a good place to be. And from every report I've seen, that's going to be the case. So, there's books out there, like one Strategic loca- Relocation, uh, just keen Strategic Relocation, in the search engine. Uh, Dare to Prepare by Stan Dale, that's another good one. Uh, boy, there's, there's a whole bunch that you could actually reference in these types of things. Obviously what matters most is taking this to the Lord in prayer, doing what you know the Lord leads you to do in your particular given situation. But these are some things that you can look out for, particularly in this coming summer, that if they start to go down, you might just have days, you might have maybe a week or two, but that will be your window. And if you have a place, or if you've been thinking or kicking around, or what do I have a place to go or whatever, I would get that, I would get that plan laid out. I would get I would really start to devote some time to that if you're so led in that direction so that you're not trying to wait until the last possible second. Just some advice. Pray about it, take it or leave it if you want, but that would be my advice, you know, to my listeners. So, going further, uh, mentioned at the meeting Saturday were methods to use pawns to simulate rioting in the Arab Spring countries, but to benefit this administration. And again, that's, that's a whole other thing. Like I said, if we ended up, or if Israel ended up attacking Iran, or Israel went on the offensive, and America is going to obviously be most likely associated with that, it's going to probably happen in very, very close succession that there's going to be all kind of terrorist Muslim things going on here in America. There's so many terrorist cells already already here that have been reported on by the news. I have reported on this extensively. They're just waiting for the go sign. That's all they're doing. They've already got, they've had decades to get this stuff organized. When they get the green light... They're going to do a lot of things simultaneously across America, and that by itself is going to put us into martial law. So, watch the Middle East as well. That's another thing to, to keep a keen eye on, because if we take an offensive against, let's say, Iran or whatever, and it's and let's say World War III is on, the green light over here for all the terror cells is going to be on. And these people think that when they die, they're going to be with their 72 virgins and their little boys with white skin, that's another thing that they think they're going to have, which is beyond disgusting. Anyway, um, yeah, they think that that's what they're going to be dying for. So it's not a big shake to them to to, uh, to do this stuff. They're wanting to do it. Going further, uh, they, let me just repeat that. Then mention mentioned that the meeting Saturday were methods to use pawns to simulate the rioting in the Arab Spring countries, but to benefit... But to the benefit of this administration, a controlled chaos thing, stated my source. They envision rioting starting in the urban areas first, such as New York and other major cities, followed by a disruption of business and commerce. This will allow the DHS to mobilize their various teams into the streets of America without objection of the people, stated their source. They want to restrict travel if not... Through high energy prices, but then by checkpoints and curfews mandated by rioting and unrest, they understand that we are the most well-armed nation in the world, yet they are aware of our vulnerabilities and intend to fully exploit them. He added, the whole purpose is to keep Obama in office for another term. No matter how unpopular he is, as he is not finished changing our country from a constitutional republic. This is the run-up to the 2012 elections, or perhaps causing enough chaos to delay them indefinitely. Now, that's the most important paragraph I've read so far, because it just verifies everything I've just said today. It makes perfect, logical sense as to why this is all happening. They want to keep Obama in office for another term. That is their main goal. They're running him against their little puppet, Mitt Romney. But they also know how incredibly unpopular Obama is right now, despite all their faked and rigged polls, okay? And if they can't rig the elections, if they don't feel like that's going to be convincing enough, they're going to go to this plan, which is basically plan B, which is a lot more radical. One statement that rattled me more than anything was the great number of those already in power, whether in appointed or elected positions, actually want to see Obama stay in power, according to this source. Well, they're corrupt, and they want their corrupt leader to stay in power. This is... What we've been working on toward, and we're closer now than we've ever been, if we lose now, we might not have another chance. These are all these corrupt, wicked devils in high office. The chilling common goal also explains the lack of interest in the constitutional legitimacy of Obama. It is common knowledge that Obama is not an American, and neither is his agenda. It's common knowledge. Okay? Okay. That he's, that he was born in Kenya, in other words, okay? And there's gonna be a total lack of interest in the media and all these other things. Because of this. Of course, criticism of his bona fides feeds into the cries of racism. Despite the massive fraud perpetuated on the American people, party lines are meaningless when the common objective is the revolutionary overtaking of America. The Obama administration is working closely with Bernanke and Geithner and others not to save our economy, but to outright destroy it. They want to destroy the dollar and the economy. They've done a great job. Clinton through Bush's and all these other they've they've all been working toward this goal. The, the public, Republican or Democrat, it's just they're a little bit different in how they they go about their agenda and destroying the dollar again is what we talked about at the very beginning. okay, People are sitting here sitting on maybe pensions 401ks, IRAs having tons of money, or bonds maybe, having their money tied up in the stock market, having their money tied up in paper somewhere. Uh, That interview, you know, when the dollar goes, all that's going to be worthless. You're not going to get to any of it. You better have your money in things that are tangible. tangible. Whatever that may be, however the Lord may choose to lead you in that regard. Whether that's food, whether that's water purification, whether that's a place to go, whether that's um gold and silver, whatever however the Lord leads you. But this paper money that's printed out of thin air is an unjust weight measure. It's wicked. Okay? It's it's I'm not saying we 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 don't use that, obviously, up until the time that things implode, but I'm saying if that's where you have all of your your if your eggs are in that basket, you're trusting in an absolutely corrupt system that is going to go down and you're not going to be able to get into any of it. Once, once that happens, it'll all be vaporized. And if you are ever able to get to any of it, it will be so devalued that it will probably have one twentieth to one fiftieth of the purchasing power that it had before it devalued. That's another thing to think about. So, I, I wish it wasn't the case, but everything that I'm seeing is pointing in this direction, and particularly starting this summer and in the run up to the elections. This is the agenda. This is what we're facing. So, let's let's go further here. Uh, he is not the first or only one to try to do this, meaning to outright destroy the economy, but the most effective and the most vetted for this purpose. Do you actually think the fact that Timothy Geithner's father worked with Obama's mother in Indonesia was coincidental? I didn't even know that, but... Stated my resource rhetorically. What we're seeing now is the fourth quarter of a game that started a long, long time ago, which also currently involves the Clintons. Um, Obama would not be where he is if it were not for the Clintons, and to a lesser extent Bush, but that's for other reasons. Don't be fooled. The Clintons have never left left, or lost their power, he added. There are file drawers full of papers heavily guarded at the TEC building so I can only imagine what's in them about international financial dealings going back decades. I do know, or at least was told, that they involve organizations that are so-called conspiracy fringe groups such as the Bilderberg Group, well, they're not conspiracies, they're real, Bilderberg Groups, Trilateral Commission, and the people including George Soros, Henry Kissinger, and current leaders of big industry. Some are fossils. They've been around a long time. Others are up and coming. They've got one thing in common, though, and that, is put, and that is to put in place a global system of governance, including a common currency. Again, that's their goal. Common currency. Kill the dollar, bring about their solution, their order out of chaos. Economics is a huge part of this revolution. They want to replace the dollar to see it collapse. They expect, that is, they are working toward this very goal. And when this happens, it will cause chaos like you've never seen before in the history of this country. Why do you think... John Corzine is not only walking around, but heavily involved in Obama's fundraising. They know it's just a matter of time that Europe will implode economically. Remember what it said about Europe. okay? They know it's only a matter of time before Europe implodes. And when it does, start counting the days before we see massive hyperinflation and the ultimate collapse of the U.S. dollar. Exactly as I've been reporting on. Not my information, but multiple... Multiple sources across the board have been saying the same exact scenario. Stated, uh, uh, then he goes on to say, What will it look like in the streets of America when the general population realizes that there is no money? That's right, chaos. According to this insider, the Trevon Martin case is just the tip of the iceberg. He says, quote, you certainly don't have to be a genius to understand how Obama and his team played the public on this issue, and it's far from over, but that's not the sole element that we'll see this summer. Remember the shots fired at at the White House not too long ago, asked my source? There was an element of outrage that was squandered, according to, quote, Team Obama. In fact, Obama and some of his closest advisors, especially Valerie Jarrett, were incredibly angered that the outrage was seemingly tempered. It should have been an opportunity to use our force against the Tea Parties, the gun cleaners, the constitutionalists, and everyone who has complained about Obama. The DHS should have stepped stepped in right then and used the event to start the clampdown, the source stated about White House comments. So they we were really close right then, evidently. If they would have been able to foment the race war, you know... The source stated that from that point on, the DHS must become more responsive and aggressive. Watch for a false flag event against Obama or his family. There's another thing to watch out for a false flag event against Obama's family, something that will outrage, quote, black America. Probably some guy in a Ku Klux Klan outfit walking up to the front, you know, of the White House and firing off some shots or whatever, you know. Black against white. It will be carefully choreographed, but executed in a manner that will evoke the ugliest of reactions and create racial chaos in this country that will make the Watts riots um, the night of 1968 and the Rodney King riots pale in comparison. That's the third leg of this plan. Okay, again, things to pray against. Does Obama look worried about the upcoming elections? Think about that. Look at, the, look at his lavish vacations, his limited work schedule, and those whom he is working with. This is a very dangerous man who has, as his closest advisors, people who have orchestrated the revolutions of the 1960s. They know the trigger points in America. He's not worried about it either. So what does that tell you? I mean, has he been on his best behavior in an election year? And no, he's been on his worst. He's getting worse. What does that tell you? That tells you that he knows something that we don't. What they're going to probably try to pull over the summer in order to cause all this is going to make the elections a moot point because martial law, once that's instituted, there's no elections. They're all suspended. That's why he's not worried. Most likely. The Obama administration, including his czars, and along with his closest progressive supporters, are planning a manufactured insurgency against America. He is using the media to his advantage to garner both sympathy... And support for his unfinished goals. He is desperately seeking a way to remain in office, even if it means the surreal prospect of an indefinite postponement of elections. If it can be pulled off, so far he's got the support of the majority of the Department of Homeland Security brass behind him, according to his source. They're power hungry. They want to remain in charge, stated the source. The surreal aspect of suspended elections won't look so surreal when you see any or all of the trigger points take place in the not so distant future. The end game for America is its destruction of a constitutional republic with the assistance of the agencies under the umbrella of the Department of Homeland Security. My source stated one more thing that seemed to tie things together. He urged me to to recall the quote by Henry Kissinger, who was speaking at a Bilderberger meeting in Yvonne, France, on the 21st of May, 1992, where he said, Today Americans would be outraged, outraged if the U.N. troops entered Los Angeles to restore order. Tomorrow they will be grateful. End of quote. This is especially true if they were told there was an outside threat from beyond, whether real or promulgated, that threatened our very way of existence. Uh, enter the alien equation that I've reported on numerous, numerous times. Who knows how that might play into this? I don't know. Hard to say. But again, it's a possible scenario. And, and, and Hollywood sure brainwashed us along those lines. they got more alien movies they're coming out with than I've ever. I mean, it's just staggering. The amount of alien propaganda they've got out there. And do you think there's no end game for that? Uh, Anyway, it is then that all peoples of the world will plead with world leaders to deliver them from this evil. The one thing every man fears is the unknown. When presented with the scenario, individual rights will be willingly relinquished for the guarantee of their their well-being granted to them by their world government. That threat need not be from beyond. It might take, all it might take is a world of starving, broke, and desperate people. True, true. And then he goes on to say, My source promised more information at a later time. Stay tuned. And I give you the link to that article. And then this article is just more confirmation of what we just talked about here. And it's called Reichstag event, DHS whistleblower, says communists will stage riots as justification for martial law. Now this is regarding... The same article, but they get into a couple different things here that um, I just wanted to touch on. The Obama agents through the Department of Homeland Security and other assorted colluders are plotting a major Reichstag event to generate the racial riots and produce the justification for martial law. Delaying the November 2012 elections, possibly, definitely, a DH whistleblower informed the Canada, Canada Free Press today. Okay, again, what we just reported on. The Reichstag event, uh, which is what Hitler did, burning the Reichstag and then blaming it on the opposition in order to gain power. Okay, so we've got precedent for this. The Reichstag event would take the form of a staged assassination attempt against Barack Obama carefully choreographed and manufactured by Obama operatives. It would subsequently be blamed on, quote, white supremacists and used to enrage the black community to rioting and looting, the DHS source warned. That's all I'm telling you. This is what they're preparing for. Unless God intervenes. The shocking news also seemed to confirm recent, recent actions against the DHS such as their purchase of 450 million rounds of hollow-point ammunition and their recent Black Hawk helicopters operation in Chicago, and that's going on right now essentially with the NATO thing, which looked frighteningly similar to civil unrest exercise, but was described as routine training. The concept of a staged assassination attempt against Barack Obama is not new as well, and was first voiced by a knowledgeable White House insider known as WHI. This is just a small excerpt of that interview. It says, so what is it, what is there to pull it off? This is the interview. And the insider says, a manufactured threat against, and this is a different source other than the one we just cited, we just read from before. The insider says, a manufactured threat against the President of the United States, something easily digested by the media and the American public, not a real threat, something totally on their own making. They will use it if they need to. Got no doubt whatsoever about that. Jarrett has approved the idea, this Valerie Jarrett, evidently she's the, the Medusa bride of Satan, uh, Obama's shadowy right-hand woman that uh, orchestrates a lot of this stuff. Anyway, Jarrett has approved the idea and did so a long time ago. There were whispers of it during the 2008 campaign. McCain was so awful, though, it never reached a serious consideration. But the plan was discussed, meaning he was such a poor contender, ultimately, that they never had to use this if needed they were willing to go that route it would be the ultimate use of the race card in the history of american politics and it would lo- and it would likely work if they got away with it as early as august of 2011 whi the source also predicted race riots coming in the summer of 2012 there's another source predicting race rights in the summer of 2012 started most likely by a supposed attempted assassination plot against the president by a white supremacist or a white supremacist group. Okay. And they were trying to see if they could get that off the ground to Travon Martin. Didn't quite work out. They're gonna to have to get more aggressive now, in other words. And I think particularly coming out with this thing about Obama and the and the whole being born in Kenya thing, you know, that that See, that makes them more desperate. That, a lot of times, can actually up the timetable. So, going further, uh, and here's a couple pictures of this witch. Valerie Jarrett, a shadowy figure always at Obama's side, has been accused by some of manipulating or controlling the president. But, who does she work for? Who does she take orders from? And then there's a whole big link here that I can't get into, where it's entitled, Who is Valerie Jarrett? You can click on that if you like. Um, Just to let you know a little bit about her Valerie Jarrett is a senior advisor to Barack Hussein Obama whose father-in-law was a famous communist who worked with Obama Obama's communist mentor Frank Marshall Davis has herself proven to be a committed communist these are the people running our country communists so this is that this is why it's so why things are, are so horrific at this point. Their apparatus can be seen as a type of octopus having many tentacles. One intelligence source confided on condition of anonymity, quote, Occupy is one tentacle. The unions are another. The Black Panthers are another. The ra- radical black Islamist white supremacists, right, Farrakhan, Van Jones, Sharpton, are another. They're all different parts of the octopus arm, arms. The DHS and its umbrella agencies are then another. The mainstream press is another, the source explained. See, they all have their part. These tentacles are all working together, seemingly separate, but eventually they are controlled by the same small group of people. They receive their directives in marching orders and mindlessly execute them. The intelligence official predicted that in the very near future, all of the seemingly separate entities would be clearly exposed as working together coordinating their activities together, and driving for the same goal, which is the destruction of America as a constitutional republic, the destruction of the capitalist system, and the dethroning of the U.S. as a superpower. So, that's the end of that article. It's just confirmation after confirmation after confirmation of the same information building to the same event. And um, the Lord Jesus Christ... The Father God is the only its the only hope for adverting this. I, I think that eventually, one way or another, it's going to happen. I've heard different estimates. 60, 70 million aborted babies in America since Roe v.ersus Wade. That by itself, judgment's going to have to come one way or another. Uh, all that innocent blood crying out from the land, and then all of the other horrific things that take place in America pretty much on a daily basis. But God always preserves a remnant. And that's why I wanted to end by, by um, reading Psalm 91, because it's good to, okay, we just went over a whole bunch of horrific information. I'm not here to put the fear of man in you. The Bible says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. The angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him, and deliver them. So, there's a lot of connections with fear of the Lord. And there's a lot of psalms that can actually be prayed. I mentioned Psalm 64 in imprecatory prayers. Psalm 91 is also an imprecatory prayer, essentially. And these are things that can actually be committed to memory as well. And these are the things you really want to dwell on. You know, um, what time I am afraid I will trust in thee, Psalm 56:3. And and those are the things that you really want to dwell on. You know, pray that you be accounted worthy to escape all the things coming upon this earth and to stand before the Son of Man. That's what Jesus Christ said. So so um pray to be more than an overcomer through Christ Jesus. There's a lot of different things that you can claim scripturally regarding this. I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. There's all these verses that you can you can quote uh regarding these things and that the fear of man bringeth a snare. You know? So we don't want to go around fearing man, fearing this situation, fearing that, fearing that. But Jesus said in in Matthew 24 that that you know these things are going to be prevalent in the days and times we're living in. Just read Matthew 24. And wars and rumors of wars and plagues and pestilences and see that these things not, you know, trouble you. Okay? So, again, the Bible clearly predicts it's going to be that way. And and so, let's just go ahead and read Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, that kind of, that, I believe, implies... Um, your prayer closet as well here. So dwelling in the secret place of the Most High, they shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And then it goes on to say, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God and him will I trust. Literally our refuge and our fortress. Okay, So in God is who we're trusting. We're not trusting in even any of the preparations that we're doing. Okay, The, the, the things that I might have mentioned today, that if the Lord leads you in that direction, I'm not saying to go out and do this or do that. I'm saying, pray fast about it, see where the Lord leads you. Um, But the Bible does say, the prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself. The simple pass on and are punished. Okay, so the Bible does indicate that there are things like that. Okay, so just to, to kind of go over that a little bit, um, The Bible says in Revelation 6, verse 5 and 6, it says, And when he had opened the third seal, and I heard the third beast say, Come and see, and and I beheld, and lo, a black horse, and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny. And see thou heard not the wine and the oil. Now, what does that mean? Okay, well, the measure... Meaning, when it says a measure of wheat for penny and a measure of barley for penny, okay, a measure is a derived from the word chianix, a dry measure containing two saratai, meaning less than a quart or as much as would support a man of moderate appetite for a day, for one day, okay. What does the penny mean? It doesn't mean a penny like we think of a penny in the King James Bible. That word is derived from the Roman silver coin in the New Testament times called the denarius. It was the principal silver coin of the Roman Empire. For the parable of the laborers of the vineyard, it would seem that a denarius was the ordinary pay for a day's wages. So in other words, it's going to get so bad, like in Revelation, in during the Tribulation, where a measure of wheat, meaning a measure of wheat that would supply a man of appetite for one day, is going to cost you your whole day's wages. In other words, everything that you would earn would just... Everything would go into just for what you could eat for a particular day. Every bit of what you would earn would potentially be spent just on eating, being able to eat. Okay, so this is this is what's coming in the future. Okay? So if we have wisdom, let us prepare like this for God instructed Joseph to do so. And it said, Let Pharaoh do this, and let him appoint officers over the land and take up a fifth part of the land of Egypt in the seven plenteous years, and let them gather all the food of those good years that come, and lay up corn under the hand of Pharaoh, and let them keep food in the cities, and, in other words, storing your food, and that food shall be for store to the land against seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt, and that the land perish not through the famine. In other words, had they not done this, they would have perished through the famine. Again, they foresaw the evil, And they prepared for it, okay? The Bible says in Proverbs 6, 6, verses 6, 8, it says, Go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways, and be wise, which, having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in summer, meaning her food in summer, and gathereth her food in the harvest. Okay? Um, Storing food, essentially. Um, Proverbs 22, 3, Again, I read this, A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. 1 Timothy 5.8 But if any provide not for his own, especially they of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. So, these are some different verses that relate to this subject. Again, you take it to the Lord in prayer, you pray about it, I'm just going to quote you some scripture and, you know, hopefully can lead you in the right direction here. Okay, so, verse 3 of Psalm 91 Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shall thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. This all implies, okay, our trust in God and his protection over us. But we have to have the faith to believe that this can be the case. Why? Because without faith, it is impossible, impossible to please God. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So if you feel as though you lack faith, not only do you pray and ask for it, but you also Read the word of God, or listen to the word of God, which will build your faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, and the evidence of things not seen, according to Hebrews 11.1. 1. So, let's go further. Uh, verse 5. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence, because that's coming, that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Okay, so this is, uh, again, it's an imprecatory prayer, it's a prayer of protection, but it's a prayer that, as far as appropriating this, could only be appropriated through faith, belief, trust in the word of God, to believe God can do this. Only with thine eyes shall thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. I mean, this is basically every form of protection you could possibly ask for, um, all wrapped up into one psalm. Uh, For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways, they shall bear thee up in thy hands lest thy dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. I believe the Lord is going to use his remnant in the final days in an amazing, amazing way. I I just believe that, and, and I believe this psalm is further evidence of that. So, because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. So, I wanted to try to end on a positive note uh, because increasingly the information we're getting into becomes darker and darker. The time, the night is coming when no man can work. Essentially what Jesus Christ said. I really see that very clear. Who knows? This might be my last broadcast. I don't know. I mean, they could do something overnight and say, okay, the internet's gone, because they control that as well, essentially. So once that goes, you know, unless I go over to like a shortwave thing, which I'm not really prepared to do, and nor do I have really time right now to to start doing that, one person can only do so much, you know, um, we're going to all respectively possibly be kind of on our own, I mean, I don't mean apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, but I mean separated from one another, because from the most part of what I've seen, most of my listeners are just, again, like the remnant, scattered. The sheep have been scattered, because there's no, there's very, very few true pastors, and as the Bible talks about, I believe in Isaiah, and because the true remnant has been scattered, because there's very, very few true pastors, they're all caught up in their 501c3 corporate churches. And, you know, worried about the fear of man and worried about tithes and these types of things and making money and, and maintaining their lifestyle and being loved of men and not, not all, not all, but most, I would have to say, and caught up in their denominational labels and, and reading their false Bibles and these types of things. Well, okay, you have that dynamic, so there's very few true shepherds out there. And there's a lot of hirelings, as the Bible talks about, that are hirelings. What does that mean? They're doing it for the hire, the money, and they have no true love for the sheep. There's a lot of wolves in sheep's clothing that appear as sheep, but they're wolves deep down. There's a lot of ministers out there. Like the Bible says, if if Satan can be transformed into an angel of light, it's no marvel that his ministers be transformed into ministers of righteousness. They appear as ministers of righteousness, but inwardly they're ravening wolves. So that's almost the norm now. You know, evil men and seducers are waxing worse, deceiving and being deceived, according to Second Timothy, Second uh, Timothy three thirteen. You know, evil. You know, it, it's just it, it goes on and on and on. The Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, and having their conscience seared with a hot iron. First Timothy four one. Okay, and then the Bible says clearly in Second Thessalonians chapter two that for this cause. And this is right around when the apostasy of the falling away of the church happens, and right before the wicked, capital W, is revealed in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, meaning the Antichrist, right before that takes place, falling away of the church, we're in that right now, and for this cause God shall send them strong delusion, that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned, who receive not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Most people that identify themselves with Christians do not receive the love of the truth at all. They don't want the truth. And they're resistant to it. And therefore, when the strong delusion kicks into high gear, they've done nothing to prepare themselves for what's really coming, or very little, and there's going to be a very strong um, tendency for them to, to fully headlong fall into the strong delusion. I'm praying that that doesn't happen. But I don't see a lot of indicators that it's not going to happen. The Bible says in Hosea four six that my children are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee and thy children. And thou shalt be a priest to me no more. I'm paraphrasing, but that's what it says in Hosea 4.6 and 7 and 8. So, these are the things the Bible clearly states. We should be on the lookout. And there's... I saw this the other day where I've been listening to different um, other watchmen. Gary Kahn did an interview with Rick Wiles. Gary Kahn is the reason I ended up getting saved, essentially, through his book, En route to global occupation. And he had a really good interview on, I believe it was True News, with Rick Wiles. You could go access it. I highly advise you you listen to that. Um, And... Really, really good. And and what he had seen is that a lot of the people that he knows as Watchmen, one of the things that a lot of them are being led to right now is they feel as though their ministry is coming to an end. They really do. That part of their ministry. I'll be honest, I kind of do too. I really feel like this, I may not be on air very much longer I mean, who knows, this might be my last broadcast. I don't know. Uh, I don't feel an urge right now to totally stop what I'm doing, but a lot of them already have. And he said that's the worst thing that you can see in a society that's wicked is when the watchmen start to pack up their bags and head to the hills or whatever. Because that means that God's warnings are just about over. And I mean, I'm not saying that because I think I'm great or wonderful or anything like that. I'm just saying when he said that, it really kind of rang true to me because I'm really starting to, to feel that way too, that, that time is very, very limited. That I mean, I've been doing this for, I don't know, like six years now, for a long, quite a long time. And um, there's going to come a time when the night cometh when no man can work. And it won't matter if you want to keep doing it, even if you want to. And the internet going down would be for most Watchmen that time anyway, unless they were already on shortwave or converted there over to that. But then again, if they take down the internet, they'd probably go after shortwave not too long after that. So, I uh, just wanted to throw that out there to you. Um, it's not that I'm frustrated or, or angry or mad. Or anything. I'm just, I'm just kind of stating facts here. I, I don't know. I don't think we've got a lot more time. I really do not see how we could possibly get out of 2012 without... I mean... The Barack Obama thing alone with the elections, that that is such a huge issue, alone. So, again, I don't have a crystal ball, not a prophet, just kind of uh, just stating some facts regarding this whole thing. So, um, I'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day and this time you've given us. I pray, God, that you forgive us for any and all sins we've committed as we forgive those who have sinned against us. That the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be acceptable, acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer, that you would cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults, that they would not have dominion over us. Uh, I pray, God, that you give every one of my listeners in the body of Christ the discernment that we need regarding the days and times that are coming that we would know exactly what you would want us to do, that we would be 100% obedient, that we would hear, clearly hear the voice of the Holy Spirit regarding uh, actions that you would want us to take, possibly in preparation, whether that's just, maybe it's just prayer, Lord, maybe it's just prayer and fasting, maybe it's physical things, maybe, who knows? But but I think it's going to be different for every one of us because we're the body of Christ and each one of us have different functions and, and different um, things like that. So I just pray for that. I pray for the courage Uh, courage for us, Lord, uh, obedience to you, that you would use us mightily in the days and times to come uh, for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, that many would be saved as a result of what you would do through us, through the body of Christ. And we ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray. Amen.